What uh, what's in everyone's glass or Poland spring bottle? What's in that Poland spring bottle, Andrew? <laughs> you got some gin in there or something? Man, I would I would love to say yes, but I've made the worst possible beverage selection of them all for this special well, episode. Yeah, we're just water. going with water. <laughs> It's not a terrible. It's not a terrible choice if you can. If it's like special because you can't drink water from the tap in this town right now. So, but it still qualifies as a bad beer. So it, that yeah. I, I would say that definitely does qualify. In bad fact, beer, Andy strikes again. In fact, most bad beers are called water. So you just like. I was gone. just gonna say, what are all those jokes that are fucking close to water as the punchline? Yeah. Yeah, you just went. You just went right to the punchline. Right like, to I'm it. I'm gonna do right. that. Right to it. <laughs> um, I am. I went down right before we got on, and I got a little Habsy Growler of Devil's Kettle Brewing, which is my favorite um, brewery in town, and it is uh, it is a, a Dunkel, and uh, they call it Galatea which is always fun to be sitting at the bar when someone orders it because no one gets the reference. Hmm. And it's like, Galati? Galati? What? How do you? It's like, oh my God. It's fine. But it is a very minor character in the Jack Kerouac novel On the Road. And it's delicious. Um, I think I'm drinking the bottle of 19 Crimes Hard Shard that we bought in Syracuse for the Region 2 conference there. <laughs> okay. We bought a bunch of like mini bottles, but I feel like we also oh. bought a bigger bottle and it came home with Andrew and I and it it's the drinkable thing on the rack right now. <laughs> I haven't been here in five months to restock. Mm-hmm. That's I almost true. accidentally restocked this week, but I haven't been here to intentionally restock. <laughs> All right, Cherie, what you got? Okay, I have I have several things. Um, I have what? a Gerber Daisy painted glass. It's a fabulous glass. Thank you. Full of a Cobb Franc Blanc that's from Two Lads Winery, which is where my child works and is on the tip of oh, uh, beautiful, Mission Peninsula. Beautiful view from there. Yep. And um, I have been outside all day and I'm kind of dehydrated, so that's only got a little wine in it. And I have a pure leaf subtly sweet peach tea to back it up yeah and just because i have to say this caramels if i want them from paris (gasps) oh wow oh yeah i bet those are good they are they're flavored um well i have i got this i dragged isaac into a gross specific grocery store to pick this up today this is a brute ipa and i'm drinking it in honor of my fallen brute bro Andrew Cody, who was supposed to be here today but couldn't, he had to, he had to re- could not his schedule change. But um, yeah, it's very good. It's by a wonderful Michigan brewery called Old Nation, and they do a lot of good stuff. My my second is a just a German pilsner that I got at Aldi, um, and then depending on how things go, I do have a mango habanero Oberon that I can go get, Ooh, which is like okay. so the joke. For new listeners, is that Andrew Martin Smith likes fruity beers because they're sweet and easy to drink, but the mango habanero Oberon um, packs a punch. Although it's not <laughs> as it's not quite as spicy as when I had it 
at the Bell's Cafe years and years ago, but it's pretty good. That's awesome. Garrett, I thought about you a lot uh, while I was running this year because I ran past Right Brain. Oh, fantastic. All the time. It was right on my four-mile loop, and I'd just be like, I should stop there sometime. I don't have money. I should stop there sometime. <laughs> I don't have an ID. I should stop there sometime. My left foot is really in pain. Let's just go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I remember one time when when I was went there one summer, they had like a Chipotle stout that i got it was fantastic Ooh, speaking of spicy beers, all these so, peppery yeah. spicy beers yeah. i'm intrigued it's a i mean some there's a brewery in in ann arbor and ypsilanti arbor brewing company and they did a habanero version of one of their ipas a few years ago that was like not that fun to drink but it was it, but it was really leaned into it. <laughs> they really leaned into it but i also got like a half liter pour so i it was pretty big but, yeah that was yeah. generous <laughs> i i That's... feel like when andrew and jamie come back to interlaken for the summer garrett you should come up and we should do like a beer wine tour or something <gasps> when we get, you know yeah. we get a, we, they have all those car drivers up here so you don't have to drive you just hire one of the services and well, Shana and I were thinking about, but it might be after, it might be after or right at the end, thinking about taking a. My parents will be in this in Ann Arbor this summer, and so we're going to try to foist between them and Shana's parents, foist the children, onto them, so we Shana and I can take a trip, on our own. We're thinking of going to Northport on yeah. the Leelanau Peninsula. Nice. Yeah. So, that's where so, William, my fiance, is from. Oh, fantastic. He was well, born there. And I mean, I think there's like four people who live there. Uh-huh. I, I think it's a little more, but not much. Yeah. Well, if, so is it bigger than Lake Anne? That's all. No. Because <laughs> Lake, Lake no. <laughs> oh, great. Um, no. But uh, if, if, we're there, if we end up going when interlocking is still happening, we should get together. But uh, Oh, absolutely. Maybe. There's a, one of our favorite wineries is Mari. And they have a beautiful view, too. They so, do have a beautiful yeah. view. Yeah. But... Well, so is this the show? This is it. That, yeah, that this, was everything that just happened. This is all we ever did in Corona. Times, that's true. Right? That's true. That's true. I mean, we had a couple of games. We had a little strategy yeah. and games. <laughs> I, 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 there will be no games. The, well, <laughs> yes, there will be no trivia. Let's say that Aww. there will be no trivia. Oh, no, Rob. Yeah. We on. don't want to hate each other. <laughs> we need planet trivia. We need planet trivia. Yeah, we're not. I mean, we're not there yet. So, we're also not going to do planet trivia. No, yeah, let's, <laughs> sorry, we're, we're love you. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I did, I did think it was. I mean, it was it was cute, but also kind of funny when Andrea on Facebook was like, "Just to be clear, I'm interested in Mars for the science, not for the militarism and that sort of thing." Yep. It's like I was like, I'm sure the I'm sure the thematic orientation can still has time to develop. Yeah, you know, you're not like locked into. <laughs> Well, anyway, um, welcome to uh, Lexical Tones, Overdrinks, Corona Tones, Episode 200 Spectacular. Woo! Woo! Um, and as Jamie, as you've already listened to on Episode 199, Jamie and I have basically already said that this is going to be the last one for the, you know, foreseeable future. We're going to do some special episodes here and there, but 
Uh, our careers are all too wonderfully populated to sustain, to meaningfully sustain episodes for you all, which is why you had to wait so long for this season. And uh, I am guilty of not finishing my edits on time this week and have already been harassed about it. And now Rob's making a face, which he's lucky is in Ohio, so I don't smack it. (laughs) Just the face. I said no words. (laughs) My air is toxic. My water is undrinkable. You may take it up with the town of Fredonia. <laughs> and the country principality of Quebec. <laughs> to, to be, be fair, fair, I'm pretty sure. Sh- well, when when did the boil? No, 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 no. We're not going to logic this out. Just sit down. <laughs> when did the boil thing go? No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm just saying. When did the boil <laughs> thing go into effect? It was yesterday, it was but I've yesterday I've been working on a four day headache with the air, so uh, I was supposed to finish. I got pretty booked up with the planets meetings over the weekend. I was like, I'll finish it on Sunday. Started feeling a little crappy. Going to finish it on Monday. Totally going to finish it on Tuesday morning. It's just kept going downhill and downhill and down. Yeah. I mean, the, the air thing is, <laughs> is really no joke. I mean, I remember so many of those like bad headaches, And it, it, it's also like, you know, not only do you have like really toxic air, that is the only thing that's available to you right now, but also it's the pressure. Yeah. Like, that was a you have big so thing. much more pressure. Mm. Um, when, when you have that, uh, when you have the pollution coming over you. So it's like that plus like what you're breathing in plus, plus that you can't actually get water out of it. Yeah. You've, you've got a lot going on. I rescind my face. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Unface. Unface. It, it did. It did rain a little bit here today. The water tastes. That's good. Fine. Did the rain help the air quality at all? Yeah, it didn't hurt it. We, it we kind of we de- kind of depends. Yeah. Like in my experience, it just kind of depends, like how profuse it is. Sometimes rain can really help. Sometimes it doesn't do a goddamn thing because it's, it's just my so... only experience is Los Angeles. I lived in Los Angeles for a couple of years, and yeah. when it would rain, which was rare. But when it would rain, it would clear out all that smog and pollution. So that's all I've got to to base it on. So I wondered if it helped. It definitely helped the pressure situation for for reasons. But yeah. uh, in terms of the the particles, uh, we were still in the '90s before and after. So. Hey, Lexical Tones fans. It was at this point in the uh, recording where Jamie figured out she hadn't been recording the entire time. Luckily, we had the Zoom as a backup, but there was just some, uh, you know, uh, some downtime where couldn't really uh, edit this together in any meaningful way. So here we go. We're back in. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. It's going now. I just, I usually can see it scrolling in the background and I've had zoom over the entire thing. So at some mm. point it got stopped. We, I don't we, know we can use the zoom to, oh pat, yeah, to piece in. Okay. For we it. we got you. Sorry. We can get Morgan Freeman to dub in. <laughs> Did you like we can get that? AI Morgan Freeman. To... <gasps> now that. <laughs> it exists. Andy refrain. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, we were trying to we're trying to come up with the title for the planet's piece, and and I told Merwin my idea, and I was like, but this has to be from like the perspective of Morgan or or somebody narrating a this is our place in the universe type of documentary, and he's like, I'm sure Morgan Freeman's available. I was like. He might even be on Cameo. We can just hire him for a one minute clip. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would want like David Attenborough or I mean, uh, no Morgan Freeman. I mean maybe Neil deGrasse James Tyson. Jones. <laughs> I mean Neil. De- I think Neil deGrasse Tyson would be. You know sweet. that moment no, in I've White Christmas. What? You know that moment in White Christmas where, what is no. it, Danny Kaye looks at yeah. Bing Crosby and goes, he's got that Rodgers and Hammerstein look in his eye again. <laughs> and it was like, what does that mean? Uh, is it expensive? And it's like, oh, you know, it's right in between ouch and boing. boing. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> all of these names, people. <laughs> yes. But here's the one. Here's the winner. Okay. Ready. Bar none. Are you ready? Yep. Kristen Chenoweth. Aww. Actually, she has sung in for... one of her small voices. <laughs> she has she has uh, sung with Toledo Symphony on many occasions over the past twenty years. So, like, oh, so I'm, you might I'm... not have to pay. No, I mean, oh, I at least connection. know. I at least know a guy who knows a guy that knows how to get in touch with her about this. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're within the six degrees now. Yeah. Uh, oh, people, yeah. people, we people. might be in three. I'm yes. sorry. It may be because our beloved Andrew Cody is not here right now, but I'm I'm doubling oh. down with Andrew Cody as Elmo narrating. <laughs> that is what we have. Oh God! Okay. And now we go to Venus, where you can't feel anything. <laughs> can you find your Venus? Can, can you know how to find your Venus? Jeez. Can can we, before this comes out, can we ask Andrew to record a <gasps> line in the Elmo voice? Yes. And then, and then you can go like, <laughs> and then and then it's him talk doing the Elmo impression. And then this is I don't I don't that think we're gonna just do that. It up perfectly. It's just it's gonna be you. It's just gonna be you doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are, mean, are we doing video too? No. No. <laughs> no. Well, this this makes me this this makes me think of something something I I want. This makes me want to bring up something I was thinking about before. Does so Jamie is is on TikTok and Rob is on TikTok and I love Jamie's TikToks yep. and Rob and I like constantly send each other like videos that we like and stuff like mostly of like synth things. But there's no adjective TikTok because this would be a great TikTok. It's like that weird sound, you know, and heavy reverb. Let's let Jamie do what she's supposed to do with adjective up to like the level of well first. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll add more because really, really what we've been doing is running after. We've been trailing after half-assed for a really long time. <laughs> I think you're doing a spectacular job. I do too. As Thank evidenced you. by this fantastic new planet commission yes. thing. Keeping this quiet for four months with the nine composers in it has been honestly, I love you all, but some moments I was like, Yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I- 
<laughs> my big thing is is the the scope of this the the fact yeah. that it is scalable yeah <laughs> maybe maybe much like the universe uh where where <laughs> constantly we, expanding yeah well we already have plans <laughs> to try and get um as many composers in the collective kind of roped into this larger project it, should they want to and yeah. as we find uh, partners to do it so i'm that's that's the thing that i'm really excited about because you know obviously an organization like going the fact that there is an organization commissioning nine composers to do a thing that's already pretty huge um 19 was going to be next level i think <laughs> <laughs> well you know, because we have the performance partnerships, and that has been going really well for us, when we told one of our performance partners, who happens to also be our neighbors, um, you know, Jake and Sarah with Deco were just like, oh, cool. So if the concert's on Friday, Saturday night, do we have a place in Toledo where Deco can do a concert on Thursday night and we'll make it? you know, really collective heavy. And a satellite concert? A satellite oh, concert. No. Oh, man. And, you know... Like- That's no moon. <laughs> it's it's a deco concert. <laughs> you know... That, I think that would also be a great TikTok. Just right? I think sure. it's a... I think it's the sound effect on, like, Price is Right or something. That's what... That's what was going through my head while you were making your jokes, Andrew. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the story because we're talking about this of when Jamie told me about this, which I don't even know when it was. Was it January, February? Oh, it was, it was I don't think I think you were the the God, it would have been the like fourth person to know, Cherie. Or third yeah. right, third member of the collective, because Merwin called me. And you were home that day. You hadn't left yet, I don't think. And so I told... I I thought it was maybe even a Sunday, but yeah. I told Andrew. And I was like, we can't start telling people, right? Or can we? Well, let's talk through... You know, they gave us some specific parameters on, on how to suggest composers to them. It wasn't entirely up to us. We... But they... We know all 19 composers better. So we pitched a group a little bit bigger than nine based on like proximity to the orchestra. It wasn't entirely based on that, but like, have you worked with them in the past? Do you have a history with them? Did you grow up in Toledo and have your first orchestra? Yes. Rob is waving her first orchestra premiere with them. Like there was a relationship thing, but we were balancing a lot of stuff. So the nine actually came together pretty well. We got it approved really quickly um, we had two alternates, but no one in the initial nine said no, because why, why, why? Um, and, uh, Cherie, I walked upstairs after we had the nine approved and I was like, Hey, I have a thing to tell you. <laughs> so, you wanna, so she tells me, you want to so do she this? Tells me. And, and I said, Hey, that's great. And I went wherever I had to go, maybe to work. I don't remember what day it was. And, and I came work. And whenever I came back, at whatever point in the day that was, I said, say what now? <laughs> and then I started going, wait, this is really huge. It took that much time for me to sort of process it and go, whoa, wait a minute. What are we doing? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think I called Rob after that. And it's okay that you were really subtle. Although I did have like a double take about it. But it's okay that you were really subtle because his reaction was like, whoa, too much. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you balanced each I, other out. I had a pretty out. big reaction. You had a you balanced each other out perfectly. Can I can I can I say my favorite part of this whole process? Is it the drops? for a for a period of <laughs> three and a half months? Mm-hmm. Jamie was the only person that had any contact with the Toledo Symphony. And so the joke that was going on in Jamie's head was it's like, man, I could just they be trust pulling me. The they trust biggest, me way too much. The biggest like uh, joke in the entire, the, the, you know, it's like getting all of this going, but no one actually has connected with the orchestra except for Jamie. <laughs> So is this actually a thing or is it all in Jamie's head? I could have made the whole thing up or I could be experiencing a new form of psychosis. And I have nine people in my life who just trust that I would never do that to them. (laughs) Or you you could be writing under eight other pseudonyms. I could have done that. I could have done that. Oh, God. All registered with ASCAP. Is Rob McClure real? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Who's to say, really? Right. And then I could I mean, go and write a paper called "The Unethics of It All." <laughs> that's a, man, Garrett, that was a huge reveal for episode two hundred. Like this entire time, there is no Rob McClure. There is no Robert no. McClure. It's only a Jamie. It's just been Jamie and four AI-generated personalities. <laughs> Way before chat GPT, Jamie set this all up. Yes, yes, it's all in my head. Forget about chat. Jamie GPT. Jamie GPT. David Fincher's sequel to Fight Club. Magic to New Music Composer Collective. And it's just, we're all imagined in Jamie's head. This is perfect. This is, you know, this is... Yeah. Jamie okay. is Tyler Durden. <laughs> So wait, so wait, so wait, can you say what the title of the piece is that you're thinking about? Or is that under wraps right now? Um, we have a couple that we're throwing around. Um, I There's some that are scientific based that are really exciting. Um, the idea I had for mine was like very beige, very beige flag. Um, I, I don't know who was assigned what planet because I... Oh, okay. I can tell you. I couldn't figure out the Facebook post with the different... <laughs> yeah. On the planet Facebook, on I know Facebook, Alex they... Temple is Saturn because Andrew Cody made a joke about it, and, then <laughs> and Alex, Alex was, like, was like, "No, I'm no. Saturn." No. <laughs> and Andrew so, and I were like, "We know we're not. We don't. We don't. We're not participating in this. So we're just joking around." We're like, "You don't know. You don't know what the brute bros do. We just like make jokes all the time that are bad." So, so so good. On Facebook, you can't actually tag a area of a picture anymore. Mm. What? Oh, I wonder why you Zuckerberg. did that that way. What? I, I could not. I was on the desktop, and I could not figure out how to do it. So I, I didn't even think, think about trying to do that. So uh, it's mm, on the it, Instagram. You could have used Instagram, and then each person you could have tagged in a, like a gallery. So, But I did that. Oh, you did? Okay. I don't I really that. use it, so... Okay. Well, anyway, so here's. I'm just trying to needle you. Yes, thank you, thank you. You got to get them in. Um, uh, well, we we are beginning with uh, Mercury, who uh, is uh, Cherie, and then we go all the way out to Uranus uh, with Hong Da Chin, and then um, we're at Mars with Andrea Rinkemeyer. Then we go to Pluto with Andrew. Andrew, not a planet, Smith. Andrew, not a, 
Andruto. And Wuto. And Wuto. Rob's daughters have made uh, connections for the, the three of us already, and their favorite thing to call Andrew is not Bad Beer Andrew, it's Uncle Woo Woo. Uncle Woo Woo. So and is, so Pluto became and and Wuto. <laughs> uh, then uh, number There's five. Your title. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Wuto. Number five is Annie. Uh, um, Venus with Venus. Then Alex with Saturn. Then Diana with uh, Neptune. Yep. Then me with Earth. Then Jamie with Jupiter. Uh, their nickname for Jamie is uh, Jupiter Jamie. Yep. And their nickname for me with Earth is Rob Earth. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I was, I, love, uh, I was waiting for Garrett's laugh. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I love how involved they are already. And, and we have all sorts of like goofy uh, side projects attached to this already. Like... There will be a Planets t-shirt um, Yay. In, in kids' sizes. I've already asked Cherie's child, Rory, to design our t-shirt for us. We're going to get working Ooh, on that's that. That's so cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, But in adult sizes too, right? In adult sizes too, including uh, <laughs> no, tall, tall guy Rob size. <laughs> thank you. How about like hoodie zip-ups? Hoodie zip-ups. Uh, hoodie zip-ups, probably. I don't know. Let me, I will, I will show you guys the options. Essentially, the yeah. reason we've had limited stuff in the past is because I hate adding more products to that fucking storefront. <laughs> it's not, not cumbersome. It's not, not cumbersome. Well, I yeah. have to say the double negative because it's super fucking cumbersome. So, so I just have to say tote bags. <laughs> sure. Oh, I would, I would sure. totally get a tote bag. Right? You, you would totes get a tote, huh? Yeah. Totes, totes. Also, if they're like, I don't know how quick the turnaround on these t-shirts are, but, you know, our kids, uh, Gerald will be two in November and <gasps> Isaac is three, so we could get some 2T, 3T, 2T, 3T. I guess you can just pick the size. Yeah. Uh, the cool Wait. thing about our storefront is, like, you order it. I don't I, – it doesn't go through adjective. It's print-on-demand. So oh. they could go up a size, and you could still get it within a week. Well, we need the design. So. But I, I'm sorry. But you I'm, are doing tall sizes, right? I am looking for tall sizes. I don't oh, know if they're please. available yet, Rob. I'm looking. I'm looking. I, not a problem for me. My entire <laughs> existence is just bland color because nothing <laughs> – Nothing graphic ever comes in a tall size. Here, you know what? If I can't make it in the store, I will hire Rory to do a design on a tall guy t-shirt. There you. you go. And we we could always take a regular size t-shirt and add a rainbow tutu to the bottom because I like that. And from that rainbow, from my midriff, hang planet <laughs> ornaments all the way around in an orbit. Of your body. Okay. This, okay. This sounds I, like well, you're now we know me. what Cherie is wearing to the concert. <laughs> <laughs> now wait, 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 wait. I have to. This this line of conversation is fantastic, and I hate derailing it. But Garrett, did I did I hear that correctly? Your children are going to be two and three. Well, Isaac are is two? three, <sighs> and Gerald is. 18 months or actually no. he's 
incomprehensible. This I know because not... we had the parents oh. one before Isaac was born, right? which was so great. very comprehensible. So well, yeah, they grow up. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They do indeed. That's what yeah. they do best. <laughs> Says Rob, who is is bribing his his second child well, to please accept the roller skates and not the skateboard yet. <laughs> I, I'll say if, just to just, um. To borrow from, um, so my my wife is Jewish, and so to borrow from things I've learned from her to cavell over, um, mm. that was the most Anglo way Anglo Saxon. Cavell, cavell, to cavell over adjective. The no. concentration of parents who are composers in the collective is so fantastic because it's really easy as the people who are parents and composers in, in the group know to feel alienated and, and like, oh, it's like really hard to keep up with the demands of being a composer when you have kids. And so it's great to, that, that episode where we talked about that before mm-hmm. Isaac was born, that was really special. And then it's just great to be a part of a group and be accepted, except when Rob gives me the faces he gives me. Sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, actually, uh, building building the I think list that's of just his face. The building the list of the nine composers was very intentional about how we brought parents into that as well. Mm-hmm. That that was part of and, how we selected the composers. So the split right now is three men, one of whom is a parent, six women three of whom are parents. And mm-hmm. we all know how hard it is for women who become parents to get commissions mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. you know, once once they have kids. And so that was yep. one of the things that was really intentional from the beginning with this, is like, I, I, I have always known that I am not going to have kids, but that does not mean that I don't know how hard it is and that we are not going to fight for those parents who make that choice because I don't want this to be the reality anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I don't... I want you to make the choice because... I'm pointing at myself here. You don't have that aspiration in life, not because your career hopes don't align with having a family. Or- those choices are horrible. Or the flip side, where it's like, well, I, I guess I just can't be a composer anymore, right? Yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so, something. It's very special about about our group because there are a lot there are a lot of people in music because it's such a demanding and academia because mm-hmm. yeah. those are such time intensive fields who don't or can't des- decide it's not compatible to have children and lack empathy and and I'm glad that our group has a lot of empathy and not mm-hmm. just in on in this category but since we're talking about children yes mm-hmm. yeah, so so this might be a good point at 42 minutes in to bring up the topic <laughs> <laughs> shana was like is this gonna be a, a long time and i was like it'll at least be an hour and it's like oh we're just getting started it's <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, as as this is, you know, two episode two hundred, last one for a while, and I was, you know, with Jamie on uh, the one ninety nine the other night, we were kind of looking through the past episodes and kind of like reminiscing and and everything, and we had that like way way early on. It was episode like twenty four or something like that. Andrew, you remember you did like a super cut 
of all of the like oh i did big question answers you know like how did you how did you come to music as something Mm. you wanted to pursue for your life and blah 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 yeah so and of course we've all had our own episodes we've answered that question um on how we became composers but uh tonight i wanted to dig into the why so Mm. Why do we do this? <laughs> that is a why good segue. Was, why was this path the one that was taken? What would we be if we weren't composers? And what keeps us on this path, especially when things are difficult? Like, what is this, what is it that keeps us leaping over barriers when they're presented? So Thank this you for is asking like asking such an easy question. Yeah, right? <laughs> I can, I can, I can. You all can think. I can start with the second part and back up. Okay. So this is big, I, the big the question. <laughs> <laughs> I it it was it. either it was either this or play composer. Would you rather? Um, so <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> so this is like big. The big question two point So the, the yeah, there were like seven parts to that. There really were. Um, <laughs> So freaking SAT wh- question here, Rob. Well, God yeah, damn it. I mean, why do we do this? Why did we? Why did we hit on being a composer when you know there were other options? What might have been those other options? Uh, why do you keep doing it? Um, or what? What keep? What makes you keep coming back even when it gets like ridiculously difficult? Mm. I mean. Not to single you out, but Jamie, you you might have an interesting answer to that because you kind of faced that in the mm-hmm. last year of like it, shit got really, really, really hard. Yep. Um, you know, so that's that that's what I kind of wanted to talk about as a way to kind of wrap up this stretch of the podcast. And I I can start with the like. What else would I be doing? Because I have a kind of cute story about this. I have a really specific second choice. I would have been a National Geographic photographer. That's that okay. was um, like there have only ever been three career paths I've ever considered. One was marine biology, and then I put goggles on and dove down underwater. Not okay. <laughs> I wanted to do that. <laughs> I wanted to do that for years before I figured out how gross it was down there. <laughs> Two National Geographic photographer was the bulk of like school years. Um, in fact, like as far as like course for course. I had more photography courses than music courses, uh, f- like right up until graduation it, it, or application time for um, college. I did not know which way I was going to go. And photography was a really, really strong contender. And of course, I don't just want to go out and do landscapes. I want to go somewhere dangerous. I want to be constantly on the move. Who is surprised that I ended up being my third thing, which was composer? I haven't been in my home for a full month this year yet. <laughs> I just got here and I'm leaving. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I recently told a friend that I'm pretty sure my hometown is on an airplane. Like this is 
I'm in a constant state of motion. I am happiest when my feet are standing on something that's moving. So hmm. it was always going to be one of those types of things. Um, and I mean, like, hmm. think about even back to marine biology. I wouldn't have been on solid land for months at a time. And that would be what made me happiest. Are you saying you're happiest when you're on one of those, like, no standing conveyor belts at the at the airport? That is tragic. Oh God, Fuck you. Is so, is so I was going to say on top of a train and a, like <laughs> mission impossible mission style. impossible mission, oh my back. god the second toast. to mission impossible toast 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 <laughs> this is the original one just you know for the children listening to this podcast the ogs yeah oh my god no i'm saying he catches that... a bead of sweat in his gloved hand it's very intense it's, it is a, the intensity is real john voigt well, wait, you don't Sorry. mean the original one. You mean the first one. Yeah, oh, not the, the TV first Tom Cruise oh, nice. Good catch. Yeah, that's that's a, Cuz I liked the I TV deserve, show. I deserve that. I deserve <laughs> My dad watched that TV show. <laughs> Sorry, so, Jamie. Okay. We were being okay. goofy and you were that's being very totally earnest. Fine. It's totally fine. So, a couple of years ago, I was having coffee with a colleague at Interlochen and we walked by the scene shop and I said in another life I would have not the scene shop, the costume shop. In another life, that's the way I would have gone. I would have gotten an internship at Glimmerglass. Instead of in the opera pit, mm-hmm. I would have gotten it in the costume shop. And he looked at me and he was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, absolutely everything. Doesn't everybody? And he looked at me like I had three heads. And this is the moment I was like, oh, yeah, okay. This is." So I think composer makes sense because we get to be... In all of these worlds where we learn about planets from astrophysicists who are experts in it, and then we delve into some really heavy poetry from whatever century and whatever place, and we get to be time travelers and scientists and all of these different creative, expressive things. And we have to be at the premieres. Mm -hmm. We have to be at all these premieres. So I'm constantly on the move. I'm constantly, which is why even after a hard year, and we talked about this in the last episode, but there was a real solid week there where I was like, change your name and move to Bali. It's the best life plan right now. (laughs) And (laughs) Was that February at Interlochen? Is that when No, no, this was like... (laughs) This was between our October visit to OU and our November visit to OU because my November visit to OU is like, hey, Rob, I'm at rock bottom. Yeah. Somebody we, we has to save me. And we, and we honestly had that conversation where you were like, should I just stop? Yeah. You know, they, yeah. It, it, we were to that point where yeah. it's like it has gotten so hard to do this. Uh, f- as a living, you know, that yeah. it's like, why don't I just go back to school and learn coding or something? Which I know a bunch of musicians who have done that. Oh, yeah. And now they, and now they have like, uh, you know, they're making way more money than they yeah. ever did as a musician. Yeah. And they still, they still have music as a hobby, which yeah. is maybe what it should have been all along. But, you know, they were, they were good and someone pushed them into it being their career and they just went with it. But then they realized like, Oh shit. I, that I feel like with some people, there gets to be a point where I hate this and I can't hate this. Like I can't go on hating music the way I do because I'm in it so hard. I need to get back and start liking it again. Yeah. 
Well, and honestly, I love the community that we've built, but having some friends that are not perpetually in it has given Uh me some perspective recently. And I know, Cherie, you've talked about this with me a lot because you've got um, Old Town Playhouse and you've got tennis. My tennis friends who nobody is music in my tennis group. Yeah. and And that's major perspective. There are some petty politics that we put up with on an ongoing basis that make me feel like the smallest version of myself. And November was believing that. Mm, yeah. Believing that I was not having a good impact, believing that I am worthy of quitting. And that was when I actually said, someone help me or this is done. This is done. And Bali looks like a great choice. I'm sure there's a treehouse with my name on it. My new name, because I don't want anyone to come find me. And uh, no one. I, I was just like, airplane mode? Here I go. Airplane mode forever. Now, would I have still been creative? Yeah, I can't help it. Right. But I was ready to exit the politics and the pettiness. And honestly, like... Didn't totally escape it at Interlochen. It was not Interlochen's right. fault. It was the nature of the beast. Yeah, that's a oh, that's a great way of saying that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, but- you know, I, I'm going to say this, and and I in no way mean to demean what you're saying. I, I, I'm just curious about the connection, and that is, I, I have been really down in a similar way lately too, and I think I'm attributing most of it in my life to just exhaustion. Mm. Sheer exhaustion. Um, and, and I don't know um, if people know, but I just got back from a sabbatical, which was wonderful and very needed. And Jamie was my sabbatical replacement. And I wonder about all of us who teach, uh, whether it's in music or anything, um, the, the kids had meltdowns during COVID and during the pandemic. And we mostly didn't because we had to help them out. Yeah. So at what point after they're starting to be better do we have ours? And that's what I mean. I I don't mean to demean anything no. you were going through no, in no, October no. and November, but that's about the same time I was. And I know a lot of teacher friends who were really on a low trajectory in this last year at some point. Actually, last April, not not this, not 2023, but 2022. Um, Amanda DeBoer Bartlett flew out to help with my recital, my faculty recital, which kicked off a month of just, it was beautiful. I had so many premieres in one month. I think it was like seven premieres in one month because that's how much work I had done during the pandemic. But Amanda looked at me and she went, you're one of them. And I went, what? (laughs) She said, you are one of my friends who pulled up bootstraps, did survival mode, pulled up other faculty who were not handling it well, because I think we've talked about it on here before. There were faculty who had just really big emotions that they couldn't shut down the week we shut down. Now, and the I'm students watched say, them panic. I'm not going to say one of those could have been your husband who was in the Starbucks on campus <laughs> with a pint of ice cream that he purchased from the convenience store next door just... Ham fisting that into his face. <laughs> you waited till the kids left, though. That's true. That's fair. The students were all gone. <laughs> the kids we were responsible for, let's say. Like, the Starbucks was very full. But um, in hindsight, that's horrifying. We were all sitting in this big crowd. But 
Um, but we waited until our responsibilities had left campus for you to have your first existential wave. I didn't have one of those until 2022. And Amanda looking at me and going, you're ready to crack, honey. I was like, <laughs> am I? Oh, so I got through this, you know, billion premieres of April last Soothsayer. year. They're all wonderful. Um, and I was, I was starting to do the work to make sure I didn't fully crack and something disrupted the work and just went, and there went the eggshell. The eggshell was vaporized. Uh, I remember <laughs> and- that night. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rob did it. It wasn't Rob. It wasn't me. That was a joke. That was a joke. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think honestly, like no matter which way I slice it, I will be creative in some form because I can't help it. It is the energy that leaves me. You know, that is the way energy leaves Mm. me is in the form of something creative, but I am also an advanced knitter. I am also addicted to my sketchbook lately. I am also a hell of a baker. I also like making up new recipes that may or may not someday kill my husband. I These are... <laughs> All delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Except the stuff is, shells that one time. Um, is, there, is there like a food allergy or are we talking about poison? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're talking look, like... We're, this is going to be a surprise. Don't ruin it for me, please. <laughs> Oh, okay. Andrew has, mushroom thing. Oh. <laughs> Andrew okay, okay, has okay. a phrase about dinner. It's 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 not dinner in this household unless there's an oops. Yeah. That's the way yeah. it would go. That's the it's oh shit. I just, I accidentally spilled something. <laughs> I will be fine. <laughs> like something always ends up on the stove, the floor, there's a cat eating a piece of beef I dropped. You know, there's just there's it's always not organized, but... Oh, no. The asbestos. Why did I pour that in? <laughs> Here's your plate, Andrew. Oh, yes. My, mine, mine has turned really morose. <laughs> I, I appreciate so much of what you've said, Jamie, and so thank you for, for yeah. sharing it. So, it it I, resonates. Yeah. It was bad, and now it's not... And the, I mean, Rob and I talked about this last week. I don't, I no longer believe in using things like commissions or I think we talked about like new friends and yeah. the, the events that are beyond your control. I'm no longer interested in those dictating how I get over something, but mm-hmm. it was so out of my control that I, I did have to kind of use it this spring. And Merwin called on January 10th. Like, I know exactly the day. I know that my phone dropped the phone call right as I was about to say yes to this commission for nine composers. He gave me the description, the brief, and I went, yes. <gasps> Fuck! <laughs> and then, it, So it was before I actually even went on sabbatical. Yes, because you remember me running around your house trying to get a cell service one night? <laughs> yes, I just don't remember exactly when. Okay. That was the night I was like, Cherie! <laughs> Verizon doesn't work here! <laughs> It was fine. We zoomed. He he did not take it personally, but it was one of those moments where like, hey, opportunity's knocking and I just slammed the fucking door. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I don't think I answered all of your question, Rob, but. That's is, all right. Is it close? It, it was, 
it was a it, it was a collage of questions. Take what you want. <laughs> Did I give all of the rest of you the opportunity to collective yourselves? Yeah. <laughs> nice use of use of collectivism. You're welcome. <laughs> I have to pee, so... <laughs> Me too. Thank God. All right, let's take a break. Break! Editor Rob back here. During the break, we got talking about snoring, and here you go. Honestly, yeah. so we found out that Rob was going to come to Midwest really late in the game. So Rob stayed with Andrew and I. And I taught Rob the song that I sing when Andrew is snoring. <laughs> because I, if, <laughs> if I, can... I was there in another room, everybody, but I didn't hear this story until so, right now. So I, I feel like we are, I feel like we are back on officially talking podcast. This yes. story yeah, 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 we're, we're I was we're thinking in. the same thing, um, Andrew. I find that I, I sleep like the dead. Like when we were living in Ohio and there was a tornado warning, one of us had to stay up because we oh, yeah, wouldn't legitimate. hear the sirens going off to tell us you're about to die. So we would just stay up until four in the morning so that one could, and we took shifts, like we would switch who was staying up. Anyways, once we're asleep, we sleep like the dead. However, getting to sleep is my problem. And so I, I'm always like the last one up. Um, my, my students who are... Ditto. Yeah, my students who are insomniacs sometimes send me memes in the middle of the night because they know I'm up to get it. And I'm just like, I'm not going to respond because boundaries, but that is funny. Um, (laughs) So if I go to bed and Andrew is like rip, roar, and snoring, um, I have several tactics I use to get him to stop just for the time period I need to fall asleep. And one of them is, you are snoring. You are snoring. (laughs) <laughs> I really wish you'd fucking stop it <laughs> and somewhere in there I either shake the bed just right or I sing the song just loud enough and it stops because it's like his brain knows he's supposed to be listening to me <laughs> so it what was what was so interesting was that I was all geared up at Midwest I was all geared up to like Fuck, you're going to snore, uh-huh. you're going to snore your friends out of the room, it's going to be terrible, you're a terrible person. I did blah, almost blah, go blah, stay blah, with Cherie. <laughs> I would Here's the you. thing though, Jamie. <laughs> I know, it was I, me. I barely got any sleep that night <laughs> because first of all, I had the like self-consciousness <laughs> about snoring and then Andrew started in and then I couldn't get to sleep. I probably slept for about like two hours that night. But during those two hours, apparently I was snoring. <laughs> and to be fair, I've been told I snore as well. Oh. I'm just told it's a little on the cute side. You, you know, ready for this? It's not like the big honking sounds. <laughs> it's... You ready for this, Cherie? In the middle of the second half of the semester at Interlochen, which Interlochen has the longest semester of any any of us. Okay? Uh, so, yep. so in the middle of the semester... Uh, the second half, which is two solid months, eight straight weeks. Andrew sends me a text, which is just a sound recording from January 17th, 2022. And it is me snoring in the middle of the night. And he's like, I miss you. So I listen to this sometimes. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> so while we were in Paris, oh my you know, really nice. No, don't you dare. 
It was it was William and Annie and I. You've got a dynamic mic, man. It's not picking it up. Damn it. Well, it's picking it up on my end, so you're definitely. (laughs) I didn't hear it either. We're in Paris. We're in this really nice hotel. All three of us are in the room, you know, and 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 we'd we'd have been out sightseeing all day, doing all the things, and we'd come back to the room, and William would lay down and close his eyes and start to snore. And Annie and I would get a fitful of giggles. Rory and I would get a fitful of giggles. And I would shake him kind of not too hard and say, you're snoring. No, I'm not. I'm snoring. No, I'm not. So I took my phone and I recorded it. Kate has so many recordings of me snoring. Like, but to be fair, I have some of her too. Like, Do we have a piece of that yet? Is that because I'm a, that's, uh, a, that's a lot of data to be time, I'm not I'm time not making that piece. stretched dark matter sounds. <laughs> hey, you could use that for Earth because we're on Earth <laughs> and people snore. The only place with snoring in our solar system. That's right. So, all right, well that we're aware of. <laughs> this has been real fun for a person that snores, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we, so are we supposed to be talking about why we still compose? <laughs> yes, we are. That's what I, I was trying to get us back to. There's a lot of avoidance going on no. here. Well, I would what I would say, it's not avoidance, is that I think community is part of the factor mm. and especially with the collective and I think something that's very special about the collective is that I think if we I don't we've never all been in the same room. But if we were to all be in the same room, which hopefully will happen at some point. That would we, be a bitchin' party. We would get along like, really well. And I think there's something about the coalescence of the personalities and connecting with each other that's like very special about doing this kind of work. And, and also just being among peers who recognize you for doing it, too. So, and. Yeah. In that we just practiced all of that and talking about snoring, except um, <laughs> what, what I'll say is that oh, oh, hopefully Shannon can't hear this, but she's okay. She, everybody has to know that he did a double take and looked at probably a door no, and ups, waited upstairs, for a beat. Upstairs, upstairs, okay, upstairs. <laughs> okay, and, uh, okay. Everyone, Shannon snores loudly, but I've been told that I snore too. But I don't believe it. So. Well, you're gonna get a recording one of these days, man. <laughs> Let me tell you. You're like, really? That's me? Oh shit! Okay. But uh, my my yeah, trick so to I'll, falling, I'll go sleep in the guest room. My trick to falling asleep. Well, when so when our going back to parenthood because I've talked about that earlier on the episode. Um, when we would do this thing like in the two to five or six month range where we would like alternate like big stretches. Like one of us would take seven hours and the other one would take seven hours. Mm. And my, my mom found it. So she was like, that's just not, not natural that you're not sleeping in the same bed, but it was like so clutch because then someone can like actually get, you can have like an hour to decompress and then get like a fairly good night's sleep yeah. for six hours, you know? Because um, children, I don't know if the the people listening to this know, but children really fuck with your sleep. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. It's actually, it's really, we've been it's blessed. The understatement of the year. Both I think of, all other beings affect your sleep. Yeah. 
Like, honestly, one of the other things that made it most healthy for me to be in Michigan for five months was I have never had a morning routine that is not governed by somebody else that I live with. Like, my mother, for all of my school education until graduation, what, like, mornings were a chaotic mess, and that's just what I thought mornings were like. Andrew is a little more militant in the morning, as no one would have no. guessed here. What? I'm constantly <laughs> leaving later than he wanted all the time. And when you share one car, your morning routine is dictated by the people around you. And so my sleep schedule has always been like, well, I want to go to bed at 2, but I have this crazy person in my house who wants to leave at 6.30 for his 8 a.m. classes. I am insane. Keeping in mind, Rob knows that the distance between our house and Fredonia is maybe five minutes. Five minutes at most. It's one point seven miles. Not even get up at six thirty. But there's also the situation where like your three year old wakes you up at four in the morning Uh, on the monitor because he says his feet hurt. Oh. And then nothing is going on. It's just because the blanket slipped above his feet and they're cold. And so you have to go in and reassure him and then he falls asleep and then it's or like, Okay, yeah. Rob, what? Or like their their nightlight uh becomes unplugged. Oh my god, that night. totally happened yes. too. And, yes. totally happened. and they wake up I, I'm kind of conflating stories here, but they wake up and they and they're like, "My eyes can't see." <laughs> this, that that totally happened within within I, I I would say the same ten days. The being woken up at four in the morning, my dad, my feet hurt, daddy, my feet hurt, and then also, daddy, 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 and the the nightlight lost its battery and because yeah. we have these um they're called Lumi pets they're like these yeah. like, oh yes yeah yeah and they their batteries are like total shit so like <laughs> they just like it, like start like dimming and it was like four in the morning or five in the morning and it like dimmed too much and Isaac woke up and he was like terrified because it Aww. wasn't the lumens weren't high enough for that. We got poor product placement for this episode. Yeah. He was so so concerned about the Annie did not, I don't have a story like that um, uh, with Annie. And, and, but I can tell you this, we used to get woken up in the night anytime between two and 4 a.m. Because one of the toys that somebody gave us for the bait, for what was then like a toddler who could just sit up and push buttons, you know, would suddenly just go off in the middle of the night. And we couldn't figure out what was going on. Oh, my God. But this was their favorite toy. So we couldn't do the thing where you take the batteries out and say, I'm sorry, it's broken. Or, you know, you can't play that game with this particular toy. So, I mean, this went on for a while. Well, one night my husband, my then husband was up working late at his computer and, and the toy happened to be sitting on the floor in that room. So he's in there, the lights are out, it's just the light of the computer, and the toy goes off. And he turns in it and he looks and it's the cat. The cat is sitting in the little area where the baby would sit and there's a laser light that triggers it. I still remember that tune to this day. Here we go. Oh my God, it haunted us for months. Two to four a.m., several times a night. We'd go look. The cat wasn't there. Mm. Nothing was there. The toy was mysteriously going off. What a per! This is like 
the perfect storm, but for sleep. Because it's like, young children, totally susceptible to waking up for no reason. Cats, very stealthy. And then, like, poorly made children's toys with sensors that go off for no reason. That, that was, wasn't the perfect storm. Three storms coming together. Yes. I, th- yes. I, I think yes. we've we've hit that mark. That, yes. And there we go. The reboot <laughs> is on its way. Sorry, Wolfgang Peterson. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm telling you, if we'd had the kind of phones back then we do now, I would have like a million views on TikTok for this thing. That cat, but you're not on TikTok. Show. Well, pick it. so you so can't you can't get a million views if you're, you're not on TikTok. The cat would just reach his little paw out and break the break the laser light, and off it would go. And he'd wait a few minutes, and he'd do it again. Because <laughs> cats are assholes. <laughs> yes, hey, yes, love yes, them. Hey. You can love an asshole. It doesn't mean they're not an asshole. I mean, I don't think TikTok would have taken off if you couldn't love an asshole. <laughs> wow. That's true. No, Those are truth facts right there. They're pretty censorious, as far as my experience <laughs> <clears throat> not, not as a, just as a, well, I'm not going to say anything. It's, it's, <laughs> so, my, I made a, a, a joke last weekend while we were getting a, a lecture on the astrophysics of our solar system. I made a joke about the modern dating scene in New York City because I get so much of it on TikTok. And they're like, are we all dating the same guy named Chad? And it's just like everybody t- <laughs> telling these horrendous stories. And so I made a joke about Venus and, uh, you know, like, past astronomers did not know how toxic that planet was because it just looked soft and fluffy and lovely. So they compared it to the goddess of love. And I'm like, no, it's actually really way more modern dating scene than ancient Greek because mm-hmm. <laughs> everything is toxic and it'll kill you. <laughs> it's kind of it's bro-y. <laughs> but not brute bro-y. That's but not different. Brewery. That no. is that is that's a very brewery. different thing. Yeah. That, that, yeah. We, we're, we're we here say for that in acknowledgement of Andrew Cody who couldn't be here tonight. So Raise a to glass. pull out his Cheers. copy of Cheers. Decision Points by former President George <laughs> oh W. Bush, something that happened on this show years ago that I will never forget. <laughs> and right now he can't feel anything. <laughs> Actually, he can feel a lot right now. Could we please get t-shirts with our Muppet personality on them? Oh, that (laughs) was a great episode. I'm sorry, that was was a wonderful episode. (laughs) I was so self-conscious because I know very little about the Muppets, but I think I (laughs) was able to pass off well. okay knowledge of the Muppets. Not only that, you encapsulated the spirit of that episode. I think one of the last things on that episode is you saying, well, that that was surprisingly more fun than I thought it was going to be. That is something I would say. Here is our outro now. (laughs) (laughs) So, wait, Rob, what's in your glass glass right now? Okay, so one of my... um, uh, Mm, He got it from an airplane. No, no, (laughs) Shri, you were talking about having like tennis friends and everything. Okay, so I have Euchre friends. And at uh, normally on Thursday nights, uh, I go down to Devil's Kettle, and there are a bunch of people there, and we play euchre together. And like one woman is a like former 
postal worker. Um, uh, there's a there are a couple guys who were. Rob's the, gonna run for president, so that's why he's talking about the jobs that his friends. That's right. Do. That's right. This is great. <laughs> there are a couple guys that work at Stu Mac, which is like oh. a guitar, um, uh, guitar parts uh, supply, like manufacturer or something. Um, and you know, like no one else is a musician, and it's wonderful, and I love it. Um, anyway, my uh. Sue, who is the formal po- former postal worker, she went down and did the uh, the bourbon. Um, she did a bunch of bourbon stuff down in uh, Kentucky recently, and like tonight, I walked in just to get my half growler, so I was prepared for this. And I walk in; they're playing uh, euchre, and I walk in, and she's like, "Rob, oh my god!" <laughs> Like, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. And she's like, I have bourbon for you. So I, I, she had a little like, you know, airplane bottle of Buffalo Trace. So I killed my growler already. So I have Buffalo Trace in my, in my glass. All right. I, um, you got some old Forester over there or what else? No. Well, well, I, I had like a, like. A, a dram of Old Forester, but this is what Cameron Leach gave Sagamore. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the uh, the premiere of the percussion concerto last last year, so I might nice. have a little bit of this. It's been I don't I don't think I've had any in since September or so. Sagamore's um, good. This makes me think of a story when I lived in um, Boone, North Carolina, when I was working working at Appalachian State University. Um, I did a lot of all that was. 2018, I did a lot of volunteering for the Watauga County Democrats, and one of the people who recruited me to do that left me a jar of moonshine in the Watauga Democrats, like, office, which was, you know, just, like, a couple rooms in, like, an old house, and, like, she, she, like, came in like on a different day of the week and just like put it in a cupboard and then like somebody saw me like two weeks later and was like garrett somebody left moonshine for you and just gave me this like mason jar of moonshine and i remember going back to my apartment to drink it, and i was like well hopefully this doesn't make me blind it was really really good <laughs> so Moonshine Wait, is we, good if you can get good. Moonshine. I know we're eventually going to get back to the composers thing. But <laughs> I don't. Maybe. I don't know if we are. Maybe. I don't know maybe. if we are. I think we Jamie the- gave the best answer. Like, why are we yeah. even going to compete with it? So. Jamie gave a beautiful yeah, answer, <laughs> and I agreed with a lot of that. I mean, that was like most of that. Like, like I felt that. Um, we we were sitting on the front porch the other night, and I said, "We need we need a summer drink." We need to define a drink that is our drink for the summer. Mm. This is the three of us. And make sure that we always have those ingredients on hand. And what sparked that is I said, we, we were making tacos. I said, I want a margarita. Mm. And remember, I have hardly been home for five months. And we have nothing in the house to make a margarita. We, none of the ingredients to make a margarita. Um, so clearly, I have to go shopping. But we've, we've decided we're going to have two drinks that are our summer drinks. We're going to change them every summer, and we will always have those ingredients on hand. And they are. Oh, okay. So it's you. Every year you're going to like decide your two summer. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. What are so, they? What so are they? What are they? The first one. The second one hasn't been decided yet. We're talking about it. There's two or three up for grabs. 
Uh, but the first one is a throwback, something I haven't had in 30 years. A strawberry daiquiri. Yeah. Oh, a porch okay. sitting mm. drink, you All know, right. and home and homemade. So a little more rum than not. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> it's got strawberries yeah. in it. So, so you know, I'm there. So we, There's this thing that ours? I've been looking for, <coughs> excuse me, for years, and it is champagne punch. Ooh. Ooh. And Ooh. I remember my mother getting shit faced. Every summer, so, every time so, she made a batch of this, and I really want it, but obviously you all know my situation. I'm not calling her for the recipe, so I have been on the hunt for champagne oh, punch. I I'll know ask my that mom it has. for hers. I'll, I'll send you yes. my mom's. Yes. She yes. Got, my this mom is the got network into we this need. Like, <laughs> Six or this seven is why years we have ago. a collective. Yes. But it, but it was but it was for it was for like Christmas. So she would put a she would make an ice ring and a bunt pan with yeah, yeah. cranberries and yep. oh that's so cool r- like time time yeah yeah so you put that in the bowl and you you it was like. It was a lot of stuff. I will ask my mom what the recipe is. So there's definitely like I know parts of it. It was a bottle of champagne, and I th- it was either tonic or seltzer, and a frozen can of lemonade concentrate. Yeah. Like I know and probably those some schnapps or something like that. My Ooh, my mom got like flavor. my mom got like peach schnapps just for this one thing. I was I gonna mean, say Cherie for that. For us, it's mojitos because we yeah. took a, we took a um, my family took a trip to. Cuba in 2018 and so we went to this like you know it was totally tourist guide staged but we went to this restaurant in Havana and they were like here's how we make mojitos and it's like different than what I thought it was like with honey and like you don't like totally like eviscerate the mint and that sort of thing but we have we have mint in our garden so we always we're like our summer drink you know we go we go Clip some mint and we make ourselves a mojito. You do that. Really fantastic. Great. You, you do yeah. that. No, you, you just, you, what you do is you muddle the stem, which gets the essential oils oh. out, but you don't get all the little flecks of the leaves and that sort of thing. Oh. So. And then you also oh. still have the beauty of the leaves yeah, in the dream. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the honey instead of sugar is like a really interesting, and you use dark rum yeah. instead of, not oh. spiced rum, but you use dark yeah. rum instead of white rum. So, yeah. But, hmm. uh, well, on you know, on the discussion is is a redheaded slut. I love a redheaded slut. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, and then uh, somebody came up. I forgot who suggested this. Sh- it. This is a family show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what the E means? When has this podcast? ever been a family show? <laughs> I have not been saying fuck enough. <laughs> Red- redheaded sluts. Have you guys had them? No, I, no, I, don't, I don't believe. I prob- well, oh. <laughs> this is going to sound better. I probably have no, one before, I but I can't remember. So. It. It's that kind of drink. It's it's one of those drinks that's so easy to drink because it doesn't taste like alcohol. It's oh. equal parts, um, and you and you usually do just like a shot that you could do a little more. But it's equal parts Jaeger, which I hate on its own. Exactly, wrong <laughs> face. But here's where you don't taste it. And then uh, cranberry juice mm. and peach schnapps. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it. by the time you put in the cranberry juice and the peach schnapps, you don't taste the Jägermeister. I mean, and how much? Whoa, whoa, it just whoa, tastes whoa, whoa, like uh, it tastes like a very nice Kool Aid, and you're just like, "Can I have another? Can I have another?" And suddenly you've had five, and everybody's shit faced. 
So, so how what is the alcohol content of Jaeger? I've I've never it's, it's like I've had that, Jaeger probably I remember three times from college know. it's like thirty five percent or something. So. Okay, so it's it's on the low side. Yeah, to look cooler. Sh- it's not it's not like a and a schnapp know. is on the low side too. So that you're not. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, you it's can not. Way, it's not way up there. But that. But that's why it goes down easy. And then you have five or six, and now you're in trouble. <laughs> so I hundred percent remember. My mother's best friend, who's now the only one in, like, she and I are still very, very close, right? Her 40th birthday, I remember the bartender handing her a redheaded slut. And that was the last time I saw her before they put all of the kids over in a corner to do activities. And the next time time I saw her, she she was throwing up in the bushes outside and the kids were going away for the night. Yeah, you have have to handle redhead sluts carefully. I just remember the way he handed it to her. He's like, this is a redheaded slut. I was like. A slut. Yes, yes, this is not very the child friendly part of this. Excellent <laughs> elocution on that. I'm sorry. So very Thank good. you. 50th yes. birthday. It was her 50th birthday. I was old enough to mm. know all of the things that were happening. <laughs> yeah. So I think for the last couple summers in a row, it, and this is very low rent, um, but Kate and my like favorite, other than just beer, ranch I mean, water. But we what ranch water? What the fuck is that? Ranch water. It's like trendy, but it's shitty. No, sorry. So, other than beer, which we drink year round, summer drink for us is is fucking shitty. Uh, uh, Boda Box Sauvignon Blanc. Mm. Is that like wine in a box? Yeah, boxed wine. Okay, yeah, Yeah, it's boxed wine. So it's just cold and refreshing, and just nice. Mm. And it's like, ah, it's just, it's just always there, and it doesn't go bad. Mm. (laughs) Honestly, Jake started buying boxed tequila, and it's really, really good. (laughs) What the thing comes in does not necessarily is not necessarily a mark of its quality. Not at all. Nope. It's like the the. But it's the amount to availability ratio with a box tequila that's a little, yeah, it's a little scary. But but I have it. it some of this started because I have a great summer porch, and friends come mm-hmm. over all the time, and we sit outside. Yeah, yeah. and um, I, I have a subscription to the Two Lads Winery that I mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, and so we we have we always have some wine we could offer somebody. I'm not a beer drinker, so if they come over, it's a BYO beer thing. But I'd like to have a couple of summer drinks. I could say, hey, you want a daiquiri? Mm. Hey, you want whatever, you know. That's we, good. The, I like that. That's a, yeah. that's yeah. a good tradition. Last weekend, we made uh, pina coladas and that Ooh. were nice. And we lit a fire if in the backyard. In the fire, fire pit, of course. Not, not a wildfire. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. You. It was like you that started the Quebec man. blaze and whatnot. No, yeah, but um, from Ypsilanti. Good well, job. Here's what, here's what I'll say. About <laughs> Isaac, our three-year-old. Isaac, our three-year-old, has been working very hard to fight the fires in Canada. We're putting on his firefighter hat and Aww. doing things. So, um, if 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 they're not going out, I I, I really don't know what the problem is because he, <laughs> right? he's really 
working very hard. From like, <laughs> from like 3.15 to 3.27 p.m. Today, yeah. he, he put in a lot of work, so... So it's good. Everybody's got to do their part. I love mm-hmm. you're raising you're raising yep. right. Mm-hmm. All right. So back to the topic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we um, can do a lightning round because oh, uh, yes, lightning I, round. I, yes. I can't. All right. I can't. The, the, I can't do I got, another. I got it. I got it. Forty-five minutes per person because no, 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 I, no, no, no. We got it. I have a family. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you be if you were not a composer? Andrew Martin Smith, go. Entomologist. Cherie, oh go. Either a master landscaper or a professional tennis player. Okay. Garrett, go. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know. I'm probably still a stay-at-home dad in some capacity. Okay. But um, I like to cook, so maybe some kind of... Not Ooh. like a chef, but like I would maybe have a food truck... That like focuses on something specific of some kind. Nice. I don't know. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so I think that I got into like I am so utterly singular focused that I've been I've been this entire time this whole hour and a half I've been trying to come up with an answer to the this question and I can't I fucking can't do it. I think I would still be doing something with audio in some way. Like either studio or producer radio on the or, Joe or Rogan s- podcast. God no, God, mm. Jesus that would be awesome, Christ! Actually. But you but, get paid a lot. I would still something with audio. For, for, you get paid a lot for undermining the COVID vaccine, but that's okay. That's right. Yeah. Pros right. and cons. Pros and cons. You get a summer house. Man, you're making it real enticing right now. Full of strawberry <laughs> if I just If I just lose all of my, uh, you know. Your morals. Yeah. Morals and standards, I could do this. Get in the way. They get in the way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but that's all creative. Everything we said, right? So even the sports thing with tennis is creative. Yes, absolutely. How do, how do I solve the problem of somebody who can hit harder than me mm-hmm. or has a better serve? How do I move them around? Can you know, I, all all of us. It's it's still that Jamie well, nailed it. It's something creative. Well, I answered but, fallaciously too. But but Rob, you should. Go, but because you raise your the, hand really high, so you should. I, go. It was it, well. It wasn't high, but it was very forcefully and shaky. Um, <laughs> it, it was it was still in camera. If I raised my hand high, you Im- wouldn't see it. Impersonated um, beautifully by Jamie. Just for the listener to fill in the details. I was imitating a force push from Star Wars. (laughs) But Cherie, to your point, I mean, realistically, creativity is used in absolutely every single profession. Yeah. Very human. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. and what what do like, you know, uh, hiring managers and see what do they want most of in, in Absolutely. Oh, creativity, which is not actually true. They don't want creativity. They want someone who does the job, but they say they want creativity. Correct. You know, adaptability. For the adapt yeah. for the 1% of people who actually come up with something that they want to steal and use. But it's like sorry, I just got a look. No, steal Ugh. is a very no, important no, I'm, word. I'm with you on that. I totally get that. But I don't think a lot of people stop and think about that. No, mm-hmm. and that's and, the thing. Like creativity, like 
it, it's the number one thing that students should be learning. How to be creative. Oh, but because we can't quantify that, Rob. And if exactly. we can't quantify we can't that, how it. can I go from being the assistant dean of this college <laughs> to the dean of this other college <laughs> to the provost of this different university, then to the president of this other university, and then to the president of this Ivy League university? And if you what don't want if you don't want that, you're undermining all of my hopes and dreams, and that's really you're a terrible person for that. That's yeah, fair. That's yeah, that's true. Yeah, this was fair. a bit, by the way, for the, for the <laughs> listeners. You went from stay-at-home dad to extremely pretentious <laughs> in a really <laughs> short period. Look, I am. I've I am, had just enough wine to say that out loud. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an itinerant employee of a university where the president called the police on striking oh. graduate graduate students who yeah. decided to set up in front of a restaurant at which he was having dinner and so it's a, it's a, yeah it's a little Close di- to home. but but Oy. if he but if he can't hold his ground here how will he become the president of Columbia or Dartmouth yeah. or Cornell but not one of the prime Ivy League <laughs> yeah. You know what? Somebody called me yesterday and they were asking for coaching advice on a job offer that they've received. And the advice that they got was if you move into this other position, it's not the same level music program. And I asked how like what generation and it's not even as the generation is important as like how long ago was this person applying for jobs? Mm-hmm. How yeah. long ago? And it's decades. Mm-hmm. Um, because we don't care about that type of thing so much anymore. And we, the creators, the people who are on the hiring committees, we give less of a shit about you jumped to a smaller music program. No, you were desirable. You were hired. You were offered a position. And that determines a level of respect from us to say, yeah, we want you on now in a tenure track position because you took the leap of faith to do our temporary position where you didn't know what was going to happen the year after that. And that's the world we live in. These people who are only out for the politics works against every fiber of creativity. And that's mm-hmm. why we have something like the collective. It is why we have a community that feeds and nurtures no matter where, no matter what we are all doing. Everybody's having a dance party right now because I'm on a tirade. But we have we have the capacity to fight this because we are advocates. And mm-hmm. and Garrett, like I, I was entirely joking about you being pretentious. I know you were doing a bit because we have one rule an adjective and it's no assholes we are working for one another but also cody and i do bits (laughs) and you're working double tonight man we didn't know we had no clue (laughs) i mean we joined at the same time i thought that's why you brought us in obviously obviously maybe we should rethink who their muppets are because it could be the two old men no we've got one old man that's me jamie it's me that's me I think you have to have you have to have like the 
kind-hearted assaholery that Rob and I have <laughs> to be those two. And I'm sorry, but Cody and and Garrett are just so genuine. Rob and I are sometimes just like we, on that border of we shouldn't be here, but like, I founded it cannot, and he's one of my best friends. I, I, Jamie, that was that was one of the kindest things you could say. <laughs> because I I do I, I do try to be earnest and genuine, even yes. when I'm trying to be a little shit. So <laughs> I know, but, I know. But, uh, and Rob Cherie, and I just ride a sharper you, little. You so I, I do want to say something. I'm gonna back up to something that we've been circling around and and because I think it's really important. One of the things that Jamie said when she was describing um the the 50,000 questions that Rob asked was um, <laughs> was talking about how she's creative in a lot of different things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, so I want to say I'm, I'm the opposite. And here's where I think now that I know this about myself, now that Jamie knows this about herself, this is where we have to help our students. So I used to sew and I was very good at it. And I realized I had to give it up. Because I have only so much bandwidth for creativity. And once I use that up in my day, no other creative thing is going to happen for me. Mm. So I I can't do 5,000. I can do one creative thing really, really well. But I can't do two or three different things. Like I can't switch on a Monday from a Tuesday to a different kind of creative thing. So I just decided to quit sewing. And I wasn't upset about that. But I found it gave me all the extra time and it gave me the bandwidth I needed. And that's when I started being a better composer. When I wasn't, um, uh, what's the word I want? Like dissolving my creativity across. Yeah, d- diluting. Yeah. Diluting, yeah. yeah. So for me, yeah. I really thrive on having different avenues. But it has to be like two or three. So something that I've been doing a lot more since the beginning of this year is writing professionally. Mm. Like Mm -hmm. um, I, I wrote something for the New York times in January. I have something that might have been published. Well, possibly would have been published today, but I think is next week. Um, And by the time this comes out, well, well, who knows? Who knows? We were talking about the smoke and everything. So Mm -hmm. people will (laughs) understand that the, the dating on this, but that's true. um, Yeah. But, uh, like that that that's been very unexpected like writing is something that i really enjoy and i actually see as like related but kind of different from composing but i need mm-hmm. i need both of those outlets and so mm. f- it's been really gratifying to find some stability in one of them to kind of balance i guess balance out the other a little bit too but like i can't like I couldn't only compose like that's not what my relationship to creating is like I need to be able to put words down and say things with words and then say things with sounds as well and those are mm. like kind of like two different things for me um, and I do different kinds of creative things but not at the same time mm-hmm. so like me, if, me if I audition for a show and I'm in a show First of all, that's a time suck, so I'm not going to be composing because I don't have time. But I'm not going to also be composing. But, I'm going to be focused on that. But show. you mean performing, right? Um, I mean performing. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't perform at all. So if you're like me, my performing is writing. Yeah. And 
and the composing is like the more intimate, variegated, mm. like symbolic expression. And so I kind of like it to be that like in that protected status a little bit of like, oh, I'll say the, the, the words in public, like, oh, people can take them and do whatever they want. But the, but the music, you know, that's like, that's sort of like the relationship that I've had with it. And, um, it's, uh, I think for, to go, when Rob presented this, um, litany of questions, who, who is this, uh, <laughs> Martin Luther with a list. Yes. <laughs> Nailed to the door. Yeah. Um, One, two. But the first thing three, I thought of was like four, composing five this. questions. Five. Five. Oh. It might as well be a bazillion. What a failure. You, was, wasn't it 95 theses? I'm you just asked, off. You just asked five questions. Here, let me, we'll, we'll take a break and I'll come back with 90 more. <laughs> I mean, no. I'm pretty sure Regis on Millionaire he asked more <laughs> questions than you. Oh, so, um, no, but 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 I the first thing I thought it was like you know connecting with people through the music you create, and um, I think that's that's what really drives me through like specific collaborations, like with uh, collective performance partners like um, Megan Eden and and Alan mm-hmm. Ty- yes. Tyson present mm-hmm. with my um, my piece Dark Star, which is about space, but that did, didn't mean I got included in the planets thing, which is fine. Um, you have a space okay. piece. That's okay, Garrett. I got dropped from that recital. <laughs> oh, well, I guess turning out is fair play. I it's it's um, totally fine. That that was the gentlest, we're going to drop you from this recital call I've ever had. Like, oh, it was beautiful. Well, it I'm, was. I'm, it I'm was. sorry to hear that because the recital... As wonderful as it was because it had my music, was deeply wounded by not having your music. (laughs) So good. And that's why you can't be one of the old men. (laughs) Well, that's also why I like writing so much because I can do things with words too. But it's like, you know, it's creativity. uh, For me, it's like I can't choose one thing. And one of the challenges for me professionally is like finding a job. That supports mm. those that stuff. Yeah, like with yeah. with with teaching because I I've, I've been mostly actually since even since the parenting episode that we did, I'm like only teaching non music students. So it's like really about the translation of mm-hmm. thinking about music in a deep way to people who aren't musicians, which I really, really, really love and helps orient me around like other work that I do, like writing wise and that sort of thing. But it's honestly, um, I think that's one of the most important jobs any composer could have. Is well, that's, talking, very, that's very is kind talking of you to say to not. No, I'm, I'm completely and sincerely honest about this. Teaching music appreciation is one of my missions in life. I haven't mm-hmm. gotten to teach it very often, but it's one of those things where, like, if you can get them there, if you can get on the same page, um, even Cherie, your music for or your composition for non majors class, mm-hmm. the um, the feedback I got at the end of the semester when they were doing their portfolio review, ref- like reflection thing that I assigned them, they're basically like Professor Sampson's a little off the wall with our listening assignments, but I learned way more contemporary music than I wanted to and I love it. And mm-hmm. and they were able to pull out some really specific things and that's 
there's music production students in there who are going to write pop, the most brilliant little fucking pop things that you are ever going to experience. They are so young and they are so talented. And they were listening to Sebastian Fagerlund this semester because I said so. And it wasn't a power trip. It was a, what do you experience? Expand. Yeah, what are you experiencing in this? And I had the most beautiful response to one of them. And it was like, this is power. Like, if you stood and this played from behind you, I would believe that you were powerful. And at the moment, at the moment that that child described this, I was standing in front of them with Fagerlund playing behind them, behind me. And it was like, hmm. Yes, yes, I do feel like that is my music because it gives me a a state of power. And I'm so glad you described it that way. Now, how do you create that in your own musical language? Mm-hmm. And those were musicians still, but this is the ambassador line that is vital and is overlooked way too often. Question. Yeah. Did you have them listen to the piece with angry beaver noises? <gasps> oh my God, I don't know this piece. What is this piece? All I right. must know this piece. That's a callback to a, <laughs> an overdrinks like an episode. Like I would the, have the 30s. this were something that I talked Okay, we did, we did an overdrinks. <laughs> we did an overdrinks that was a uh, listening of Sebastian Fagerlund's Woodlands, which is the study score that he wrote to get comfortable with writing for bassoon before he wrote Mana, which is essentially, it's really almost the same piece, but Mana is a concerto, so it's accompanied. So a lot had to change and adapt so you could hear the bassoon over the orchestra, Um, but we did a side-by-side listening of it. No, I had them listen to Drifts and some of Stonework. That you that that is a missed opportunity. The angry beaver noises, I think, would have connected with the youth. I know, I know, but you know what? I I think I had angry beaver noises for composition seminar and not oh, okay. beginning composition class. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> well, I so my students are liberal arts majors, so they're not even non like composition. They're I not ready more, for angry I beaver. Noises. Well, and I give them one of the pieces. No, I think I give that's them more is, important. One of the pieces. The I angry beaver noises are, is more important. No, not teaching <laughs> no, non-majors. Stop it! You're improving no, no, Garrett. A, no, <laughs> I think we're overlooking well, the angry beaver noises. It's a, I think we're it's overlooking a, his wife. We can get. We can get. It's okay. Rob can interrupt me. It's fine. So, <laughs> that it's been that way since 2010. 20, T- 2009. 2009. Um, no, it's no. Well, you're not Carl Blunch, so it's okay. So, <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. I I still, I get, I still think I about the we went, person who we went into rice. Rice. Yes, Cherie, yes. rice. Drink. I I still I still think about the time Joan Tower came to Rice. Nobody <laughs> asked her any questions, so I just like asked her questions, and then afterwards, a two-hour composition seminar. Afterwards, after like almost no one else asked her questions, Carl Blanche was like, "You, you were such an asshole for asking her questions." <laughs> I was like, "What are we gonna do? Like, have Joan Towers sit there and nobody <gasps> asked her any fucking questions?" But sorry, I've, you know, it's been We've, a long podcast, no so I'm gonna calm down. No, um, she no may feelings. be coming dinner lock in next year, and uh, if she does, I'll ask her if she remembers that moment. She <laughs> probably doesn't, um, <laughs> but uh, she's a very nice and. Uh, 
that was a that's something definitely I remember. But uh, what I was going <laughs> to say is one of the pieces that I give to I I share with my liberal arts class is this uh, like um, environmental recording by this composer named Francisco Lopez. It's called La Selva, which is the name mm-hmm. of a rainforest in Costa Rica, and so but. And there's an accompanying essay that I give them, which is all Ooh. about like the intentionality of recording environmental sounds because it's about microphone placement and editing and that sort of thing. So this, but this is something they really struggle with. So this goes back to the beaver sounds, which I'm sure was some kind of like puerile joke between Rob and Jamie, <laughs> but I'm going to make it serious and intentional because yeah. that's what yeah. I want to do to make Rob uncomfortable, basically. So, okay, um, all right. But, um, but like, people, they really struggle with that because it's like, oh, like, is this music? Like, it's just like the sound from this rainforest, but we break it down like there's, like, differences in the timbre and the rhythm and that sort of thing. And who knows what the editing too, cause it's not like totally mm-hmm. transparent and that sort of thing. So, um, so I'm sure those Bieber sounds are very expressive and possibly, 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 it was a bassoon <laughs> imitating Bieber sounds. No, it, it, it was would, the bassoon would, oh, in she, the low, it was the, the bassoon Wait, in so it's not actually range. a Bieber? <laughs> no! <What the> it's the <laughs> bassoon in the low possibly. range. Doing the best episode ever. <laughs> God damn it, Rob. Hey, Garrett, That's, I didn't know either because I don't That's know not even what a beeper sounds like. <laughs> it was the bassoon in the low range doing a really rapid passage. It was like. <laughs> and I compared oh it to God. an angry beaver. <laughs> Y'all, Which, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure we have the end of the episode in there somewhere. <laughs> me, me trying to make this very earnest statement. I'm just totally undercut by some bullshit. No, okay. okay, maybe have that, that be the end of the episode. No, have that be the end of the episode. When I listen to music, I don't feel anything. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, it's episode 200. We got to, like, wrap it up somehow. Do we? Oh, my God. But I I can't can't do this forever. (laughs) See, see, eventually. Kid's going to wake up. A child will wake up and poop. I understand. If you will stop talking, I will wrap it up. As they do. And And then I will have to go change a poopy diaper. <laughs> I hope for your oh, sake. I, I'm glad you. Too. I'm glad you think this is funny, Jamie. <laughs> do you know how? Do, do you know how much poop I've dealt with? Drunk, I am the most drunk I have been yeah. this year. Okay, I, everything is funny. <laughs> My no, hair I mean is, it's I know, not I, a goddamn beaver. What the fuck, So good. It's just a bit. <laughs> Oh, I love this so much. What? So, but Rob always struck me as a very serious person, <laughs> who's me? every who's every word. Oh yeah, I'm talking about all of the South Park impersonations you used to do <laughs> with Stephen Bichicha. Yeah, I'm. It's more like Dave down, Chappelle. I'm digging down into the Rice archives that none of you even know how to access because right? you weren't there. That's right. Okay. Anyway, oh, man, we should go back sometime. 
We should go back. <laughs> we should go to Valhalla, yeah. sit on the steps. Oh, oh my god, get, get some beer in, some, in the plastic cup. Hell yeah. Look at your yeah. tie. My tie's on the on the pillar yeah, up there. Yeah. Sorry, this is... Yeah, get some I never get to star. have niche rice time, okay? This is so mm. good. So good. All right, well, twas a place, twas a place. We can go to the um the Terrell um sky space thing. We can see the sunset with all the stoned high schoolers who go there. Um, and, that was my have, experience the last time I went. And have I Kurt, was like the butterfly museum. And have Kurt put on some like really trippy electro in the in the Terrell sky space. Kurt has a twelve point two. Kurt was a huge help with my um upcoming new york times article actually Woo! So. nice he just he just Love he Kurt just Solomon. gave me that calming presence at the beginning because yeah. it's about artificial intelligence and i don't that's something that i uh am not i have not used creatively but i talked to other people who have and kurt was just there to give me that nice hand on the back to be like it's okay you know nice so. reassuring yeah, yeah. Okay, I so think we, we ruined the end of the one. episode with that, but that's fine. <laughs> I love the fact that Rob keeps desperately trying to end this, <laughs> no, and Garrett has like a we're one not going to do it. <laughs> Garrett's we trying can't. to make us all last until the poopy diaper. <laughs> I mean, Zeno's welcome to my own. world. <laughs> it's just interludes in between poopy diapers. That's. <laughs> Very true, very true. That's the title of a piece right there. <laughs> if co- composition could be honest about the experience of parenthood, that would be a piece. Yes. So. so, going back to the why do we do this, I'm going to, I'm going to answer for myself and hopefully try to encapsulate the group here because really what I'm going to just do is steal from Jamie, which is what I do best. Um, <laughs> uh, use that as evidence in the future whatever <laughs> federal court is looking into the copyright claim if he and I get to the if he and I get to the point of legal prostitution prostitution <laughs> prostitution wow maybe that's the end of the episode <laughs> <laughs> if, he, if he and I get to the point of legal prosecution, literally, we're all fucked. <laughs> we're all fucked. It is. It is going to be a case Game over. of it's twenty uh, mutual destruction. It's twenty forty five, and AI has decided you use the same notes as Rob. <laughs> the missiles have been launched. We're all going down. This podcast yeah, yeah. is admissible. If you get to the point evidence. of legal prostitution, yeah. it's all going down too. <laughs> you know what? We don't need to end it. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 200. Woo-hoo! Yay. Yay. Thanks for listening. As always, if you want to find out more about adjective new music or lexical tones, please go to our website, www.adjectivenewmusic.com.